You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. The ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's the 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods, or just getting through your work day, a good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out SixDayGrindCoffeeCo.com today. That's the word six, followed by DayGrindCoffeeCo.com. Oh man, I am super excited about this podcast because we are starting something new. Uh, got Joey Bell with me from Tennessee. I've got Matt Reeves over here on the other line. We caught Matt Reeves at work today, so we uh, you're gonna have to deal with the sound of a cell phone mic. 
That is right. Um, I'm stay busy so I can get turkey hunting. <laughs> well, deer season isn't quite over yet, Matt. Um, and you still got some tags in your pocket. So don't get too uh, fired up about turkeys yet. But we are trying to get people fired up about turkeys on this podcast because we are starting a podcast specifically for turkey hunters. It's going to be called the Limb Hanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. And these are the guys that when I was thinking about like who just kind of encompasses what I love about turkey hunting, Joey, you and I were kind of talking about this earlier, things that I love about um, turkey hunters and like having really close turkey hunting buddies. Um, you guys kind of encompass that. And, uh, so we'll give you guys a chance to talk here in a little bit, but we are going to continue our, um, Southern ground hunting podcast after this, and it's going to go through Turkey season. We're going to be producing whitetail content there and all of our Turkey stuff is going to go over to here. Uh, now you guys have, uh, heard Matt quite a bit um here in the past several months because he's been on the southern ground hunting podcast but you may not know who joey bell is so joey uh why don't you tell a little bit about yourself for anybody who doesn't know and uh just kind of how you started turkey hunting yeah i'm a poor lowly turkey hunter from tennessee uh around new year's every year people like me come out of their caves while uh, people are still deer hunting and the uh the scent of spring starts weighing in the air on certain mornings and uh, we start feeling these certain feelings. Uh, but uh, yeah, I am from Tennessee, grew up there. Uh, Parker, you and I talked earlier, Tennessee never really was, to my knowledge, like one of those blue chip turkey hunting states like Alabama or Mississippi. I knew a handful of guys that turkey hunted. Uh, my ag teacher is actually the one that kind of got me into turkey hunting. He would around this time uh, every year or in the high school, he would have his turkey calls in class and he would be like, you know, conditioning box calls and pot calls and, and messing around with mouth calls and whatever other uh, stuff he had to tinker with uh, in class there. And it just piqued my interest. And he, uh, I got him out to my farm uh, down there in Hickman County. And I really enjoyed it from the get go because I had been deer hunting for several years before then uh, and it was just you know just a sit and wait kind of thing you know if anybody that knows me knows I'm just I haven't been bit by the whitetail bug like I have turkey hunting uh, so turkey hunting was just different moving around calling it was uh, way more exciting to me and so I kind of getting more got I started getting more and more into it uh, just learning more uh, from my, I think my killed my first turkey out of a just a homemade uh, blind that we built in the edge of a field, and I killed it. it was kill, I killed a Jake with a uh, a Belgian brown and hatchback with like whatever number six squirrel shot was rolling around in the drawer at home, <laughs> and uh, it was just uh, it was one of those sit and wait kind of deals because like I said, I'd been deer hunting. That's all I really knew how to do. Uh, but I knew how, I knew I knew how to shoot, so I had to set up and waited for a turkey to come by and then i started watching i guess it was the the drurys or that kings of spring i forget what the, those videos were back in the day and i sh i saw how much more exciting turkey hunting could be and i uh I, i'll never forget the, the the hunt that got me 
to that next level of like turkey obsessive. I, uh, I saved up some Christmas money and I bought one of those giant pretty boy decoys, those big strutting decoys. I don't know if y'all remember them, but they came in. It looks like a, uh, it looked like a big laundry sack. I mean, you could probably fit a barrel in this thing with that big decoy. It was the pretty boy decoy and a lay down hen. And I set that thing up in a field at a farm we had rented. And uh, there was a turkey goblin on the way other side of the field. I couldn't see him. There's kind of a rise in the field. Uh, and he kept gobbling. He kept gobbling. And I could hear him getting closer and getting closer. And he finally stuck his head over that little rise in the field, which is probably about 75 yards away from the edge of the field I was sitting in. And I seen him uh, stuck his head up. And he dropped all feathers and he ran into my decoys and he started just circling around, circling around. And he started just whooping the living crap out of my decoy. Now I just bought this thing. It was the first time I'd ever hunted with it. And I'm like, I need to kill this thing or he's going to tear up my brand new decoy. (laughs) (laughs) And I finally, uh, I don't know. He was so infatuated with this decoy, I guess. I, I can't remember if I had to wave at him or just like make whatever kind of racket with this mouth call that was in my mouth and get him to stop. And he stopped just long enough to uh, give me a shot. And it was a big bird. Uh, and oddly enough, something had pulled his beard out. Like, you know, when you, uh, you kill a turkey and you pull his beard out, he's got that spot right there. You know, if you get a good clean pull, it'll pull right out. Well, something had done that. He didn't even have a beard. He had some big old spurs and he was a big, pretty thing. But yeah, that was the, that was the one that done it. It done me in. I've never been the same since. And I think almost every year since then, I've just kind of tried to change a little bit, you know, tweak here and there, something different about the way I hunt. Um, I've started hunting a lot of public land more and more in the last handful of years and uh, getting some exposure to that. Um, And it gets, I think it gets worse every year. It uh, doesn't really ever turn off, but I don't know. This past year is like it was. It didn't even turn down <laughs> compared yeah. to last year. <laughs> so, yeah, I had I'm the at. same. I had the same type of feeling this year. Uh, I had a harder time giving up, like stopping thinking about turkeys after last season. Like it, the transition from turkeys to deer was much harder than it usually is. And then, dude, like January this year, I was dang ready i was like okay let's let's hurry and i'll hurry hurry it on up with these deer and let's get to spring it's just been uh it's been just like that and to be honest with you um the way the deer treated us me and matt i think this year turkeys i mean they can't be much meaner i don't think they're a little more they're a little more welcoming this year maybe than in the past absolutely absolutely (laughs) well at least well at least they'll gobble and let you know they're there you know yeah you hunt a buck he's not gonna you know you can't call to him he's not gonna grunt back and that's that's one thing i love about turkey turkey hunting is you can you can play with him you can be vocal with him um and know know they're in the area have you ever i've had very few deer hunts that i didn't see a deer and i was like man that was great i mean every once in a while you have those moments where you just kind of maybe you come more aware of God's presence and creation or something like that. And you just really appreciate that hunt. And maybe you don't see anything for the most part, when you don't see something, you're like, Hey, no freaking deer there with turkeys. You, you kind of, 
you, you, you have a little bit of an advantage of being able to hear them. And, mm-hmm. and like, I've had plenty of hunts where I didn't even see a feather of a turkey that were great turkey hunts. You know what I mean? Uh, and to me, that tells yeah. you something about the whole experience of turkey hunting. Um, like it's, it's easy to get hooked to that feeling. Whereas with deer, with any, any, just about any other animal, the exciting moment is when you see them. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's hard to put in words the difference between when you see a turkey and when you just hear one, when you hear one, it's, there's something special about that. Um, whether that you gobble is or like, not. Uh, that gobble is like the fire, the, the pistol that, that starts the beginning of the race. I yeah. Mean, it's oh. on then. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a successful hunt to me in the spring is, is hearing the turkey, you know, um, yeah. I, if I can check that off, you know, I can go to sleep and wait till, you know, the next sunrise. And that, that's, that's my magic hour, you know, is when that sun rises and you, you hear them on roost. And I, I like to, I wish for that every time, like say it gets 10 o'clock, you can still get on a bird, but I am always, you know, waiting to go back to that, that sunrise off the roost goblin. Mm. And I think too, of, you know, obviously as hunters, we say this all the time that, the shot is maybe is less than 1%, you know, of the enjoyment yeah. of the hunt. And I liken it to uh, college. Like when I remember back to college, the goal was to get that degree. Now I don't remember walking across the stage and getting that degree, but I remember all these little, uh, these little memories, um, all these other things that happened in those four to six years that I was there. <laughs> um, yeah. And you just remember all that stuff. You don't remember the the end of that. You don't remember that shot. You may, I mean, you don't really forget it, but that's not the story you tell. I mean, the story is just like what Matt was saying, you know, Hey, I noticed that sunrise a lot, a lot more today with that Turkey goblin than I ever have, or you it's, it's such a chess game. And, and I also liken it too to like, I think turkey hunting is a chess game and deer, deer is like a chess game too, just from the outside looking in. But I think turkey hunting as a chess game is like, you're sitting right across the table from each other and you're making a move one right after the other. That's right. I think just from what I see from you guys, deer hunting is that you make those same moves, but it's almost like that chess board is in like a break room you know, and every time one of you comes by, you make your move. And it may be a while before somebody comes by and makes their move. It's just a little more drawn out, it seems like, whereas turkey hunting, it can all happen within minutes or even a couple of hours from start to finish. Well, dude, you're, you're an analogy king, dude. <laughs> Those analogies it's in the are middle of the, solid. <laughs> it's in the middle of the day. Usually we record these at night and I'm all, I'm all <laughs> bugged out for the day. So. That put me in the feet of my field. Yeah, but Matt's dang working. He couldn't even clock out for this. That gummit. No. Um, you know, it's it it is crazy that everything that you said, Joey, just kind of the, the overall experience of a turkey hunt. Um, there's there's so many things that go into a turkey hunt um to appreciate. There, like you said, the little things that are in there to appreciate there's there's not a lot of tactics within the 
turkey hunting space. Um, there, there's some, but man, so much of the time, at least from what I've seen, time in the woods is the biggest factor. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody who don't know how to do jack crap on a on a mouth call can still call in a turkey. You know, yeah. it, it's not like it's not like with a lot of d- big mature bucks. You know, you've got um, they're going to avoid dumb pressure, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, you can't just go out there and blow on a grunt call as loud as you want to. And the big buck's going to come walking in. Well, it can actually happen with turkeys. And the other part of the experience that I value is like, you really only have Jake's and Tom's you've got adults and juveniles. You don't have this bull crap. Well, he's not a three and a half year old or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's relatively easy to, to tell a Jake from a Tom every once in a while you have hiccups, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, if a long bearded gobbler comes in, he's going to die there. You don't have, you don't have to be selective. Yeah. You're like, well, I'll let him walk. That's not a thing. And I love that part about Turkey hunt. Well, that goes back to, you know, just talking about the experience. Like you don't know what that bird looks like. And uh-uh. most of the time you don't know any really any fine details about him until you walk up on him after you've shot him. Like you don't break out, you don't gauge his beard length while he's walking up there. You're not trying to look at his spurs while he's walking up there. You're not hoping he's 20 pounds or anything like that. You're, you're after the experience and you sometimes just look into one, you know, and you're just sitting there and one just walks up after, you know, you've just been sitting there not doing nothing for whatever reason. And it still gets you excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's, 99.9% 99.9% about the experience with turkey hunting. Most of the time with a with a big buck, you kind of have an idea of what he looks like most of the time, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. At least an idea. You may not know exactly what he looks like, but you have an idea. With turkeys, like you shoot a long beard, it's at least in our situations where we're hunting a lot of public land um, areas in the hills where most of the time you're just seeing the top half of a bird anyway. Um you have no idea like what his spurs look like how long is his beard like you know it's just like you shoot it and then you get to when you go up and look at him it's like oh cool look at these long spurs or whatever oh he's got little short nubby spurs it's like it's like kind of like playing the lottery sort of um and every time you shoot one you're a winner but sometimes you get those little bonuses that are that are pretty cool and you can't any any bird's a trophy to me, um, with with turkey hunting. That's that's what I think's so cool about it. Now I have seen some people go, oh, I love I love them two year old birds. They come strutting right in, you know. I you know that's the only really age um, saying that I've heard with turkey hunting. But hey, they all die the same. And I've heard the saying, you know, sound like a man, die like a man. Um, yeah. That's that's just what's fun about turkey hunting for me. Dude, I'm 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 as ready as I have ever been. But I'm telling you, like there is a there is just, I mean, really, just speaking about the ho- overall experience of turkey hunting, there is a like there's this definite line of people within the turkey hunting space, uh, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you how do you build a brand or start a podcast and try to um, figure out who the target demographic is. Right. And Joey, you said earlier, like 
is there a target target demographic? And it's kind of one of those things for us. It's like, you know, you have veteran turkey hunters, which we hope to appeal to. You also have brand new turkey hunters that we hope, you know, they listen to this and figure something out. Uh, but is there a is there a way to really capture both audiences really well? And I think that's going to be the main goal of uh, of this series of podcasts going from now until uh what we say june through june mm-hmm. we're gonna go to so um yeah that's that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna really be trying to focus on i know you guys are as well because i mean you just look around this around this room we're all completely different dudes uh we dress different we look different we come from totally different parts walks of life and here we are as turkey hunters together and i think that's a a, a really cool aspect of this sport mm-hmm. of this game and uh and i, I just want to do our best job the best job that we can to try to um capture both of those audiences by you know being raw telling stories you know telling our mess ups our successes having really good guests on you know um things like that to to try to really uh, appeal to Anybody who wants to be a turkey hunter or already is a turkey hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's almost, uh, if you think about it, there's almost a century's worth of turkey hunting culture uh, that have, you know, brought us to to where we are right now. Now, of course, people shot turkeys. and But I don't think, like, what we know is turkey hunting with calling and or whatever else. I don't really think that kicked off in, like, well into the 1900s um or even maybe even after what was it world war ii when you would hear about the the vets coming back and they'd be turkey hunting under fatigues so i think the turkey hunting culture is not is not that old but it's uh there's a lot crammed into those handful of decades and i think trying to bring those guys that we're turkey hunting back in the, you know, that are still alive today that were turkey hunting back in the sixties and seventies down in, you know, Mississippi and Alabama where they consistently had turkeys in areas versus the last 20 years or so when you got folks like me who, like I said, I didn't grow up around turkey hunting. It's something I was finally exposed to when I was in high school and, uh, and started turkey hunting then. So it's, I think it's a challenge, but like you said, the one thing that brought us all to the table here today is the is turkey hunting. Um, so it's, it's, it's the it's the and I would I would say it's a certain style of turkey hunting, man. Like mm-hmm. just just to kind of preface this to the listener, we're probably not going to talk about reaping turkeys on this podcast. We're probably not going to talk about uh, much of the sitting on on a field over decoys all day. Like we're talking about this pursuit style mm-hmm. of turkey hunting, like going out. We're, ch- we're chasing them. Yeah, we're, we're chasing them. And so I, I don't want to mislead anybody at the same time. Um, like that's going to be the kind of turkey. Like mm-hmm. I think there is like a culture within a culture, within a culture of turkey hunting or style um, sub sub styles, maybe you call it of turkey hunting. And, and that's what we're going to be really trying to focus on but man i really do think that there is um a way to 
as a turkey hunter to start pursuing this way and it's going to make you better across the board just a better woodsman in general would you agree like you can go out and figure out deer because of things you've learned from turkey hunting yeah absolutely. yeah and I, go, go ahead we go with no go ahead matt i've talked enough for a little bit anyway <laughs> no with with turkey hunting i find my you know i'm in the woods constantly with my job and and even just my hobbies you know going out in the woods checking out things but i'm constantly scouting for deer while i'm turkey hunting and while i'm you know deer hunting i'm scouting for turkeys um it's kind of goes all in all of being you know an all-around woodsman and you know we can all attest we we learn something new every year um and joey you did a great job in in the uh, our southern ground patreon account talking about hey what did you do good this year um and what did you do bad last year and how'd you learn from that and that that really challenged me you know with with my woodsmanship is knowing when when to stay around an area or when to get out get out and i think everybody needs to ask themselves that um are yeah. they being a woodsman a woodsman and knowing what's going on or are you just walking through the woods and looking up now if you can just walk through the woods and look up that's great but there there is part of you that you know, woodsmanship, whether you know how to identify that or not. Yeah. Yeah. And Parker, going back to what you were uh, describing as far as, you know, we won't be discussing, you know, sitting over decoys and reaping and uh, that method of hunting just to be devil's advocate. I don't know that if I didn't start out like with that pretty boy decoy story that I was talking about, I have no idea that I may have eventually, you know, gotten into turkey hunting and may have eventually, become as obsessed with it as I am now. But that introduction and having that kind of introduction, I mean, just boosted me to the next level of, yeah. of being a, a, a turkey fanatic. Um, and so I don't, I don't want to say that, you know, we're going to bow, bad mouth that style of hunting. Absolutely not. Like yeah. That. But there, there is a line drawn between, certain styles of hunting and that's one of those lines i think that we could probably explore that you know why why is it that some people decide to be such a purist and look down on that side of hunting or why is it that people uh, use that style of hunting and never maybe take that next step you know forward backward whichever direction you want to take just do something different and mm -hmm. hang up decoys and pursue them with just shotgun shells and a call. Um, I, I, I love a good debate, so long as we keep it civil. It, it may be something that we can uh, chat about awesome. in future episodes. Uh, but that's probably one that's probably um, a couple of those crowds that you were talking about earlier that uh, just a different different styles of hunting, but different subcultures within turkey hunting. Yeah. That's but interesting. Today. It's interesting you say that, though. I want to I want to touch on it before you move off of it. Um, yeah, like the, the, the barrier for entry with turkey hunting is not very different. It's not huge um, for that style. And like you, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for, five years ago, I always carried 
a like one of those inflatable hen decoys just in case. And yeah. every once in a while, shoot, dude, I had it in my vest two years ago, probably mm-hmm. um, two seasons ago, because every once in a while when things are slow, it's like, well, it's mid afternoon. I'm just going to sit under this shade, put a decoy here and maybe see something, you know? Um, yeah. And so there's definitely that um, that idea that it's not wrong. It's not a bad way to turkey hunt. Um there just may not be a lot of tactics to talk about with it. You know what I mean? Like there, there may not literally may not be much to talk about, but I like your direction of like kind of just exploring the different styles too of, and, and maybe trying to find the, mm-hmm. find the line that like, where do you cross the line on, on certain things? I think that would be, and that's really, you know, what we're going for with this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of taking new angles on Turkey hunt. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, like I, th- I think I said before, I've tried to do a little something different almost every year. Yeah. And one of those big things that I did different a few years ago was hang up the decoys. Um, now, I still love, like anyone, like anyone would, I'd love to see a turkey come charging in and whoop the living crap out of a decoy. It's just awesome to see those birds just interact with a decoy like that. It, it'll get you, it'll get you excited. But just uh, the fact that I wanted to do something different and limit myself a little bit and learn a little more about, about those tactics, about mm-hmm. how to move around on a bird and be in a place that he is comfortable in being and communicate with him to get him into that position before he even sees me. Yeah. Um, and doing that solely on sound and not visual do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you know me you know that i love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment where everything works together and we preach about it a lot on this podcast when you buy from tethered you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system saddles platforms ropes climbing sticks and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today that's tetherednation.com check them out poetic joey you're a a poet among us i think last year was the first time i put my decoys up really yeah yeah jumping on that it's 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 just something something different about it it's great and matt uh interesting because you had the best turkey season i believe you've ever had last year too so that's right so um just using using the land a little more and that's you know there's there's a tactic you can talk about later and but i think we got a lot we got a lot to talk about in the future um and Mm -hmm. a lot lot for you guys um we're really excited to jump on and talk about it um just uh ready to get going i'm i'm pumped up mm-hmm. you got uh you got anywhere joey you're most pumped up about hunting this season i'm gonna get down to florida uh, i'm gonna spend a week in florida and mm. i've uh i've never been one of those guys like i haven't really showed much interest in getting my my super slam or whatever um but florida will cap off my grand and royal slam um 
and uh, it's just been in it. I haven't done any, a single season grand slam or nothing like that, or I don't have any real goals to do that. Uh, but I am excited because I've been, I've been building points in, in Florida for a handful of years now, and I'm still banking those points, but I'm going to go down there anyway and try my hand at it. Um, and it'll be totally different from anywhere I've ever been. Like I went to Mexico last year on a Gould's hunt and that was different, more different than anywhere I've ever been. But I think, I think Florida is just another level of different. Uh, it's just from what I hear. It definitely I'm, is. I'm excited. I'm excited to experience that. I am going down there with realistic expectations and that, I may spend seven days hunting down there and then I may, I may not fire a shot. So I know how it is that's hunting, but I know that I'm going to do my very best to, to shoot a Turkey down there. Man, Florida, Florida treated me really nicely my first time. So, uh, I can't complain, but I do know it kicks people's tails and, um, but I, I honestly, when I think about last season, there's a couple birds that I think about. Um, but one of my Osceolas is one of them. It just the whole experience, dude. It's like being in that, like, and we were like kind of on the coast, like not far mm-hmm. from the coastline. So there was like palm trees and water. The air was salty, you know, like mm-hmm. it was just, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of magical, like just a, like a really different place from anywhere mm-hmm. else I've ever killed one. But you know, I mean, Joey, you've killed one, uh, killed one in the mountains out west. Like, mm-hmm. that's a just a beautiful moment as well. Like, yeah. it's climbing up to the top of a mountain and seeing ponderosa pines as far as you can see, dude. There's like not a lot of things that are prettier than that. Uh, no, the, the, one of the best things about Miriams is that they they don't live in ugly places. I, yeah. I haven't seen a Miriams yet that lived in a a dump <laughs> a nature wise anyway i'll tell you <laughs> it's man it's always I mean, been a it's always been a place that i would love to just go back and look at again every time like i go, i go back and look at those pictures a lot from out west and it's just like man i can't believe i was there you know i turkey hunting took me there to that place mm-hmm. it's a that's a neat neat experience matt you got anywhere that you're just super jacked about well, I'm not taking any trips because um, okay. I I save all, I save all my vacation days for uh, for deer season. Um, but now, I mean, I've got I still have some bones to pick with uh, some national forest birds. Um, I'll probably buy my Georgia license and go back over there. Um, and then I also was thinking about going to Kentucky. We had discussed that, but I don't know if we're going to do that or not. Um, just got to see really just want to see if I can do what I did last year again this year. Um, maybe it wasn't a fluke. You had a good season. Like, <laughs> you had a really good season. I feel like that every time I have a great season, I'm like, well, this next one coming up, this is going to be it. This is going to be the, it's going to be the bad one. I know I got a bad one yeah, somewhere it, in there. Got to take it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now yeah, I'm right. just, I'm, I'm excited to get back. Uh, filming my turkey hunts and really just want to get a good turkey hunt on film honestly uh yeah because that that adds a whole nother oh yeah whole nother 
I give so much kudos to you guys at Self Film and and Kill Turkeys because I I'm dude I'm you didn't know you didn't know that was a qualification to be a host on this podcast you had to start filming oh man I'm screwed <laughs> hey now I'm lucky now I'm lucky to remember to take a picture at the end of a hunt let alone try to video <laughs> anything going on yeah. during the hunt so no, I, could, I, I, could I, imagine, I left I could all imagine. my camp. I left all my cameras last year at the house. Um, That's why you had such a good season. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I wanted to breathe and enjoy it. You know, I mean, a lot comes with the filming aspect, but I've got a couple cameras I'm going to have with me this year that's going to allow me to do a better job of it. Dude, it's, uh, uh for any self-filmers out there, uh, I'm going to be putting a video on the, on the Southern Ground Hunting channel on YouTube about my self-filming setup because it has absolutely changed my life when it comes to self-filming it's for deer hunts too but I, I bought it originally for turkey season last year and it was just absolutely perfect this little Sony ZV-1 camera that literally is smaller than my iPhone and it's a mirrorless camera um, takes rock solid video rock solid pictures um, it's a cool setup really neat setup and it's kind of changed my outlook on filming turkey hunts but i'm telling you they're just harder to film like the actual bird is harder to get on film than a deer and deer's hard enough you know uh you don't you don't man a turkey that would be freaking hilarious yep you would talk about that's your goal parker and matt you got a man a turkey what a challenge. And get it on film. <laughs> hey, for our teaser, for our limb hanger teaser episode, we need to, me and Matt, we got to put it all on the line here. Uh, we need some type of challenge for this. Who can Matt add a turkey on film first mm. and kill the bird? I think we can do uh, it. I got to make sure I'm not about that deal is I have to film my turkey hunts. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to, Joey. If you don't want to, you can just be between me. I, and I mean, I'm game. I'm game. I'll play along. Uh, but like I said, I have realistic expectations. I may not even kill nothing. Just I'll put your America, put your phone on the ground, pointed at you, mm-hmm. just to prove mm-hmm. that you did it. Um, that'll work. That'll work good enough for us. I tell you what, one of the best little investments I I got in the last couple of years was like a little twenty dollar. Uh, tripod from Amazon, like with the little bendy legs or whatever. You guys know uh-huh. all about them, and y'all probably have super awesome ones. But this Those bendy legs from Amazon, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that should tell you enough about how much I know about filming. Um, but that thing's so handy for taking pictures out in the field because when you hunt by yourself, I'm either I was either propping up my phone with a stick, trying to wedge it in the tree branch somehow or another, or just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But that little tripod man just came in handy. So maybe I'll have to break it out. Dude, and and I'll tell you a vest that has helped with it is the grounded that grounded vest. Yes. Um there it's like they put these super convenient pockets on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of vests have like a ton of pockets, but they're not convenient or they add bulk in that grounded yep. one. It's golly. It's like they Get said, how can we make this perfect for a self filmer? And it, <laughs> it really is. It's a good solid choice. One of my favorite things about that vest is like you said, they do have a lot of pockets, but it's uh, they're covered. So on a bunch mm-hmm. of other vests, you have your, your, your pot call pockets, your box call pocket. You have 
pot called striker pockets. You have all these pockets that are external and they hang on everything, especially and if you're going to crawl on a bird or run through a <laughs> patch of briars or no-till and whatever else, that stuff's going to hang on yeah. everything. Uh, but yeah, that grounded vest, they, they got them all covered up nice and neat uh, with a zipper and it's quiet. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's, I don't know of any Velcro on that thing. Um, and also, you know, when you got all that stuff covered, like your, your glass call, uh, your glass pot call is going to shine and reflect off everything. Um, I, I love that vest. I remember when you first started using it and, uh, I came down there, I was in Alabama and I tried that thing on and I think I ordered one immediately as soon as it, as soon as it come out. Um, but yeah, love that thing. Super lightweight. The magnet on the cushion is enough for me to buy that dang vest. I don't have to be a contortionist to clip my dang seat up on my vest. And I have cussed every other turkey vest I've ever owned because of that. But no, this thing just pops right up there with that good magnet. And I love it. Dude, I am right there with you. I freaking, I love that magnet. Um mm-hmm. Like, dude, with other turkey vests, I would find during turkey season specifically, my shoulder would, like, I'd pull stuff in my shoulder, and so it'd be sore all turkey season. I know that sounds dumb. It's like, this is like one of those ads, you know, where they show it, like, in black and white, and somebody's doing something real stupid. Need the, need the copper tone. Uh, yeah. The copper yes. But seriously, I have had my shoulders get sore from the kind that have, like, little, uh, little clips on it or whatever and they put them in the worst spots and so you're like trying to buckle that thing yeah the grounded vest doesn't have that that's my point grounded vest does not have that the magnet is stout um yeah they didn't play when they made that thing no man well fellas i i appreciate you guys uh coming on during the work day and i'm i'm fired up about this podcast it's gonna be a it's gonna be blast can't wait to hear um hear from you guys this this spring hey guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast and as always a big shout out to all of our partners that's go wild tethered spartan forge and six day grind coffee company you can keep up with southern ground hunting by following us on facebook or instagram or subscribing to the youtube channel and you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch read some blog articles and all that good stuff I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.